Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 150 of the Applog Podcast, 150 episodes, that's pretty good. Support for today's show is brought to you in part by Bose All Natural Brewing. You can check out their Lug Tread beer, and it is crisp, balanced, and refreshing, it's delicious. Um, Lug Tread is a lagered ale, it's a term they coined, it's fermented like an ale, and cold aged like a lager. It's been Bose's flagship brand since they opened in 2006. As of 2017, it's now available in those tiny, itty-bitty 350-milliliter cans. Usually, they're in these big monster bottles, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a trip trying to drink a full bottle. Feels like you're in Europe, actually, with those big bottles. Um, and it's won more than 20 awards. They have another beer they sent over. It's called Full Time IPA, and it is hoppy, fruity, and bold. Tasty notes. It's their actually. It's their newest full-time brand, which is where, how they got the name for it. Tasting Notes full-time IPA pours hazy deep gold with a dense white foam, aromas of, aromas of citrus, tropical fruit, and pine. A balanced bitterness that underpins the flavor. This medium body ale finishes dry with the lingering hop and fruit notes. Notes. Is that, a, is that a thing? Is that what beer snobs call it? They call it fruit notes? Notes. They get fruit notes. So pick up bows anywhere beer is sold nationwide. Americans and Europeans and Japanese and Australians and Switzerland people. Germans, maybe. Germans, you got beer like that over there. So don't don't be so don't be angry, Germans. And yeah, go pick up beer. It is delicious, yummy. Woo! Hey Amazon shoppers, why don't you go over to uh, applelog.ca slash Amazon or applelog.ca slash US Amazon and you will be redirected to Amazon where you can shop and support the show. Costs you no extra money or you can do it the old-fashioned way. Go to applelog.ca and click on the banners located on the right side. Locate your country, Canada, USA, or UK right now. Bookmark those links, and every time you shop on Amazon, you'll be supporting the show. It costs you no extra money. If you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time. If you want to buy a t-shirt, go to applelog.ca slash shop and buy some music there. Buy my old band Foursquare Discography for $20. If you're on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it some stars. Don't forget to tell a friend, by the way. Share it with Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash applelogpod. Follow me on Twitter at simonhit666. And that's all the bits. Got it under three minutes. There you go. Today on the show is Mr. Steve Stumble and Eric Hutt of the band The Lucky Ones. Steve Stumble, you might know as the owner, creator of Stumble Records. He's been putting records out for 20-odd years. He, they're based in St. Catharines. They're an awesome band. They're good people to talk to. And we had a little connection from about 25 years ago, where we realized we were in the same room at one point. And uh, here they are, Steve Stumble and Eric Hutt on the Apolog Podcast. Hey Eric and hey Steve. I uh I, I just got into your music just like a couple of weeks ago when Melanie sent me some uh some of your music and I, I like it. It's 
it's good party time music, right? Yeah. We keep hearing that uh, n- nobody plays our style of music anymore. Yeah. Well, it's weird. Like, what do you mean? Punk rock is punk rock is punk rock, right? You know, like it's not reinventing the wheel. No, it's <laughs> you know, it's I I like it because you're kind of saying like we're not putting up your shit and this is it and it's punk rock and and we're all sort of like I think we're around maybe even around the same age groupish. Uh, we came up in the '90s. I guess you guys came up in the '90s, or you? pretty much, yeah, yeah '80s, yeah. '90s. Are you all from St. Catharines originally? Um, yeah, I think we, we all, all are. I think we all are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Eric lives in Falls here now, and yeah. Niagara Falls, and yeah. Chris lives in Thorold, and me and Rob still live in St. Catharines, but it's all literally 10, 15 minutes away from each other. So yeah, it's not far. Mm-hmm. We're all from Niagara. Yeah. <laughs> So when did you when did you get your start in music? Oh man, I've been playing and stuff since probably about ninety two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, twenty five years I've been doing it, and a little less uh, since about oh three playing professionally. So about fifteen years now. Yeah, yeah. Now St. Catharines always had a really cool punk rock scene. I remember in the early nineties playing there. It's still kind of cool. I mean, I was there, I think, two years ago, opening for SNFU, and there's still What's some... That? Uh, we were called the Fairmounts. We're called the Fairmounts. Oh, yeah. I remember the Fairmounts. So. Yeah. There was this one time in the 90s, I went there with a band called Red Fisher, and uh, we stayed at these hippies, like kind of hippie punker couples house, and I, f- I cannot remember their name, but they had the greatest laughs, like super stoner, like <laughs> stoner laughs. And they'd be at opposite ends of the house, and they would have these awesome stoner laughs. Was that show at Jerry's Alley? Yeah. I think we went open for you on that show. <laughs> I kind of remember that. I don't. If we didn't play with you guys, I was definitely there for that show. Mm. Are they good to remind me of the name? Because I did not remember the name of the place. Weren't they from like Winnipeg or? Yeah, yeah. I moved out there to join that band. I, I'm originally in a band called. I was in a band called Trigger Happy, and then uh, I ended up moving. Well, out- went to winnipeg to join red fisher and then uh moved back home and you know i toured around you know doing sound and stuff like that so yeah jerry's alley that was that was a, this little tiny weird place right is i could not i was there i guess two years ago and is it all torn down that burned down they ripped down the whole building and everything now it's a empty lot in downtown <laughs> that's a bummer so is there an I mean, do you guys travel outside of St. Catharines? Do you guys manage to make it down to the States? Like, what's what's your plan for this stuff? Um, well, we've got a whole pile of uh, Ontario dates for this. We're doing St. Catharines, Hamilton, Toronto, Barrie, Guelph. We're going to hit, you know, London and Windsor at some point, and Ottawa, Montreal. And then who knows after that? Um, we've we do the odd show in Buffalo. Oh, it's just so complicated gays and all the nonsense going on there. It's kind of not worth it. It's like we sneak over and say we're going for pizza and wings and then borrow other people's gear. Yeah. If we do anything, just kind of a pain in the butt, but uh, we kind of have a new manager guy helping us out out of Cleveland. Um, this guy, Marco Shea's worked with like nine inch nails and Catherine wheel and hmm. Lords of the new church and stuff. All his old bands. So, We'll see what he comes up with. He's just said, you know, 
we had potential to do some record deal stuff, but they wanted us to tour like five months out of the year. And <laughs> at our age, it's just not even relevant. You know, like everyone's got houses and kids and jobs and responsibilities and stuff these days. But um, yeah, like he was saying, nobody does that anymore. It's just all the older bands just come and do what they want a week here, a week there and play the odd festivals and stuff. If you can, hook us up on some of that stuff and make it worthwhile. We'd go do it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, like you say, with responsibility becoming an adult, that's sort of kind of what this show is about a little bit. I mean, we all get older. We all love music. We all love playing it. We love being into punk rock, but there's certain things in life that stop you from living that punk yeah. rock dream. Otherwise you're just going to be like some skid that goes to the bovine. Yeah, if you're lucky enough, you make enough money on the road to just pay for your being on the road. You're not bringing any money home to, you know, pay your mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's become more of a glorified hobby, I think, for us at this point. We you know do what we can, and yeah, because so be what will what will dictate that is the fact that if a lot of people want to hear it, and then you go, okay, we'll go do it. I know in in the like the the kind of the mecca of punk rock and stuff like Germany and Europe in general is bands don't tour tour anymore from there. They just go out and play weekend, come back. Yeah, play weekend, come back. You know what we do, you know, like all of our dates are like we're all a bunch of us have switched jobs in the last few years and everything else too. So we're all guys on shift work and everything else. Get us on the same. You're impossible. Like all our tour dates are Saturdays right now, so it's the only day we can all get together. So yeah. we're going here and there just for one day, and then if we want to do multiple days and go far away. We got to actually take a weekend off and go. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, and the priority lies: do I want to take uh, three days off work to go play in my 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 fun band, my punk rock band? And uh, yeah, you know, and it, a lot of it's for the love. I mean, that is obviously why people why we still play music. You know, and yeah, I don't think we'd be doing it otherwise. Like. We've kind of lucked out where a lot of bands haven't because uh, we've had a publishing guy that's like help us get some songs into TV shows and, and stuff like and movies and stuff. So we made a fair chunk of money on some of that where we could afford to you know pay for printing vinyl and pay for the recording with producer we wanted to work with and everything else. But if we hadn't have gotten that stuff, we would have definitely went a completely different route. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. How many uh, how many folks along the way have you like seen who were in bands and you see now in sort of real life jobs and stuff? Do you see see folks along the way and how do you feel about that? You know, I ran the Scene Music Festival down here for close to fifteen years, and uh, you know, we've used to have anywhere from fifty to one hundred and fifty bands playing in one day and all the on you know, eighteen stages and stuff at some point. So. I've met 8 billion bands over the years that I see all the time. They're either in a different band or, you know, walk into the corner store or the beer store or everyone's working somewhere or mm -hmm. mall or bar or whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you gotta, I find everyone who really wants to be in music involved somehow still, the older they get has to find different avenues of doing stuff, whether they're, you know, shooting videos or, you know, hosting an interview thing like you or, or, you know, booking clubs or they all do multiple jobs, right. Or become a publicist or a booking agent or whatever. Right. So mm -hmm. 
it's all goes hand in hand, it, which is kind of the old DIY approach to everything. You got to be good at everything in order to make everything work. Yeah. Because no one else is going to do it for you, especially in Canada. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the tricky part about it, and this, this has come up a few times in conversations, that if you're the leader of your band and you need to go get shit done and get paid, it's a tough thing to do when you're the leader of the band. It's easier if you have someone who's the person that everybody might not like, who might be a manager or a tour manager, that can go take that, care of that stuff. And there's always like that bridge. You, you get above that little thing like, we got somebody now that can take care of our stuff for us, you know? And, and that way we can just be a band. And it's a very, it seems like a small step, but it's a, a huge jump to, to rise above that. Yeah, like I'm sure we could have people involved with us outside of our band and stuff. It's just our schedules are so hectic. They could go say, oh, we got you this, this, and one of us will say, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then it just make them look like a hump and, you know, and it goes on and on and on. And it just, yeah, it becomes bad vibe, you know. So mm-hmm. we just try and do it all ourselves. And then if we're looking to do something, we got to make sure we're 110% into it in advance and then have anyone we're working with, you know, work it from there. You know what I mean? So like Melanie, you know, she's working our publicity stuff for this record. And, uh, you know, we didn't, weren't sure we were going to be doing stuff. It'd be a complete waste of money. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's also good to let people know that, you know, on a, on a, on a basis, like you spend your money wisely. And I think as you get older, you start realizing like, yeah, we're not going to go buy that van that you know one person's going to pay for, you know, because there's always that one guy that paid for the van, and there's always that one guy that bought, you know, everybody something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're lucky. A guitar player has a big truck with a cab on the back, and we just throw everything in that and jump in, and away we go. Yeah, you know. Did you Locking see the? On, Sorry, I'm sure if we had to go somewhere far, we'd just rent something when we flew out somewhere or something. You know, yeah. We wouldn't be. Driving, you know, out to Winnipeg anymore. <laughs> Did you see the Those SNFU girls. tour? Uh, the their vehicle they had uh, on that summer tour. It was a pickup truck. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. With BC license plates on it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes, it's it's tight going in a in a van. You know, yeah. yeah. Four of us and usually one merch person, so we're crammed in there. And yeah, yeah. Not not a comfortable way to get around nope that's why you wonder why bands love it so much when they get a tour bus and they get to that level it's like it's got to be heaven that's game changer yeah i know when we did uh that uh rock fest thing out in montebello i think back in 2012 or 13 or something there we uh our buddy said hey well why don't we all go in the rv and we were like okay (laughs) (laughs) it's a fortune in fuel but it was great to just have a you didn't have to worry about getting hotel rooms and yeah. everything else. It was, it was a different way of doing everything. Yeah, there's several little plateaus you reach, you know, when you got the van and then you get maybe someone to drive the van who might sell shirts for you. Then you got someone that can, you know, and then you can rent a van. That's 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 a power move, like you're renting a Sprinter or something. And then there's the eventually tour bus, but there it always gets smaller and smaller numbers of uh, or opportunity because it gets more and more expensive and you have to, equate making money to do stuff like that like yeah so have you guys you've obviously been across canada multiple times like what's your what's your touring in the past like um in this band yeah 
I don't, we haven't gone out west, have we? No, not at west. Most mostly Ontario. Yeah, and, we've and been Quebec. out in Quebec and, yeah. and Ontario mainly. That's and a couple quick trips to the states, usually just Buffalo and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, nothing crazy. I can imagine but, Montreal being a good place for uh, for your band. Yeah, yeah. I wish. Well. Well, yeah, I wish we could get out there more. To be honest, yeah. they still like their punk rock. They like their punk rock and they yeah. like their metal. I know it was crazy. I just did an interview the other day with um, can't remember the station, but in Quebec City, and they were all going crazy over a record. I was like, "We've never been there. <laughs> What's going on?" Yeah, yeah. So recording it, where who recorded it and where did you record it? Uh, we did it at Drive Studios in Woodbridge with uh, Steve Risen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done. Creep show, flatliners. Uh, we did that fat Mike. Yeah, thing, he did the some musical the thing. musical thing. Yeah. And I don't know what else. He's he's done a whole pile of stuff. Yep. He's a good man. Yeah. Actually, I've, I've known him for a while. He he used my studio to record. Um, what was Colin Drew from Maryland Vitamins' new ba- other band? Um, oh yeah, victim party. Victim party. Yeah, the first victim party, maybe first or second victim party, was recorded at my studio with his stuff and and. Nice. Was that? Steve's a great producer. Like when he's into it, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it kind of took him forever to do this record. But it was kind of a it kind of, his schedule was crazy. He was flying back and forth to California. So we could try to work around his schedule, and then when he had time, we can go in and and then uh, he had a uh, like an intern. Apprentice guy, Reese, working the record a lot with us. And then he stopped working with him. So I don't think he really knew where we left off because he wasn't there when we recorded some stuff. And it all just kind of got pushed around and this and that. And it ended up taking way, but uh, oh, we're happy with the end result. But yeah, it sounds really good. It's a great sounding record. It's, yeah. it's, it's modern, but at the same time, it still has like all the. It checks all the right check boxes, you know, like it's, yeah, it's got a like an old new feel to it or yeah. something. It's, it's weird. A, it's aggressive and it's and it's sweet sounding and you know, and it's such a tricky thing making a record now without trying to use like a computer, you know, like and yeah. everybody uses them and and the tricky part is making it sound like it hasn't been recorded with a computer. If you know what I'm saying, right? No, I know that's it. The, like this, this was the second record we did with Steve, and it really catches like the way we want to sound yeah. and like we, we didn't know pre-production, no nothing. We just went right in and we kind of knew he was going to get what we wanted to get out of it right off the bat. So anything like our last record, we'll, we'll be happy with it. And I think it actually sounds better than the last record. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, kind of what you, you kind of achieve that. And you want to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear a song. I actually put a song, I put a couple of songs up. So let's hear uh, we're the lucky one.
I like your band. Makes me feel good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the um, kind of funny because everyone's like, "Oh, there's only like two songs I can play on the record because you swear so much." And I'm like, "Oh well." <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think Q and a Seven won't be picking it up. You know, I'm just saying. I gotta, I yeah, gotta well, guarantee that one. I can almost put that one in there. Yeah. But there's so much. Kind of funny. Go ahead. We went in and uh, hits FM here in Niagara. Uh, it's like the local rock station or whatever, and and uh, they got us to play acoustic in their basement. And like, we're not an acoustic band at all. It's the first time we'd ever done anything like that, and it was uh, pretty funny and humorous with us doing it. And uh, I think they were kind of in shock because uh, we just played what we wanted. Fuck <laughs> with <laughs> <laughs> radio is so done but i mean this thing is only for online anyway so yeah it's not like going live to air yeah, yeah. but i mean well, I, I warned them yeah they got a good chuckle out of it it was all like with good humor it wasn't like we're just swearing for the well maybe i was a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> throwing a few extra fucks in there just for good measure yeah why not it's yeah. good balance yeah <laughs> but like what i was saying before radio's dead like nobody needs radio anymore we're in such a kind of a neat spot for independent music you know it's it's good for that you know and if you're good and you try and you put it out there and you have a good and it feels good i think we're coming around more about the it's not image as much as it was it's not as it's not based on um the hearsay part in the word of mouth is better basically because of the internet and i think it's a good spot for bands I know everyone kept asking me, well, why aren't you guys going to radio and doing this? I'm like, nobody's going to play us. I go do a radio campaign. It'd just be a waste of money. Yeah. I'm like, everything's online anyways. And that's kind of why we went more, you know, shooting a bunch of cheap videos and stuff. I'm like, I got a better chance of people, you know, watching our videos on YouTube than listening to us on, you know, Indie 88 yeah. or Edge 102 or whatever channel is floating around. Yeah. Even college radio doesn't. Nobody listens to it. No, no, <laughs> because it's it's so much easier to listen to Apple Music or to Spotify that you know, yeah. you know. But the only unfortunate part of it is that the bands aren't really making money from Apple Radio or Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I I see what gets paid, and I just laugh. I'm like, <laughs> mm. really? Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to go buy myself one beer. <laughs> you made yeah. a whole beer? Wait, yeah, yeah, <laughs> wait till the next one so I can get another. You can share. <laughs> it comes in quarterlies. Yeah, in quarterlies. You have to share one. If we drop it together, we can have a picture. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's laughable to think that money, it kind of, you know, it kind of has to happen. I mean, you kind of have to support it with something. And it has to, you know, and... and Sometimes it's not just about the love. I mean, sometimes you put a lot of work into this and it's like money yeah. and work and people don't understand the work and money put into right. this projects, these projects. Exactly. It's, and, you know, it's, you know, we don't pay each other back to drive back and forth to practice or to buy strings and gear. And, and, you know, I'm not billing these guys for my phone calls or time I'm spending, you know, booking shows or taking my, 10% booking fee. Mm. Everything takes time and money and we do it all ourselves. So it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's, the good part about having somebody like, sorry for you anyway. So yeah, it's yeah. like the good part of it, you're going to do it 
Not. Yeah. Yeah. The good part about having someone do it for you is that you can go, hey, you screwed up. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. no fights in the car on the way home. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, well, then you do it next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because you imagine if you're in your early 20s and like had a mortgage and maybe kids and a car payment, how, how hard, much harder would it be to be in this position today at this age? You know, so. It's good to put things in perspective as you get older. You don't worry about the, the small details. You don't worry about that stuff. And the luggage you carry around with you with bands you play in, you're like, fuck, I'm just glad you're here. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't care how much money you owe me. You know? well, that's why we kind of spend more time trying to like, you know, get some of the publishing people we know to put stuff into the TV shows and stuff like that. Like, I think we made $8,000 off the two songs we put into Lost Girl, the TV show. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's more money than all the records we've ever sold. I think. <laughs> and yeah. So we're like, okay, cool. We could go out and do whatever we want. We run our, our band like a weird business. We keep like the merchandise money and the merchandise money. Uh, we don't pay ourselves. And all the money we make goes back into the band. But go to play shows or whatever, it doesn't cost you just – pace for it mm-hmm. it's like a free night out <laughs> I mean? I, well i mean you're in, a, you're in a better position than a lot of bands are you know like but definitely are it, it, it's just kind of strange and i i keep telling bands i'm like I, I see them pay themselves i'm like what are you guys doing i'm like go get a job and pay yourself i'm like yeah. well, put the money back into your band i'm like you're never going to be able to record anything or do anything that's just it i mean <clears throat> there's a sustainability to being in a band, making records, doing all that stuff. And I mean, if you're paying yourself for being in the band, then you're paying out of pocket to do all that stuff anyways. So yeah. you might as well just keep it cyclical, right? Yeah. And what I've noticed in the past is the less stress you put on other people being record labels or anybody, managers, the more willing they have to have, to have you around. And that's important too, well, politically speaking. Well, yeah, that's the other thing we kind of have more than other bands too is I run my own record label. So (laughs) I have the distribution deal and the contacts and everything from the last 25 years of doing stuff where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easy for me to put it together, but if you're a band and doesn't get access to that or no one wants to work with you, then good luck. Yeah. Well, staying power is very important in this, in this country, not alone. There's just let alone this business. It's like just being around. I mean, like you've done it for so many years that, it becomes less stressful when things get tight. I noticed as a freelance, like as I was a freelance sound guy, when I first started doing it, I was like, oh my God, I got to come up with all this money. I got to do this and got that. And I'm like, whatever, 47 now. It's like, meh, it'll come. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, if I stick away around it long enough, one of these days I'll have a big hit or someone else will and I'll make money off that and it never happens. Uh, you never know. Still- you never know. Yeah, you never know. Maybe I'll be too old to enjoy it. By the time it happens, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, it's there, there's, there's been people in a worse position than us. Like you think of what Led Zeppelin did to to like basically he set back like blues. They set blues back and and just reinvented it and stole music. And I mean, at least at least you're making up your own stuff. You know, that's that's something. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because every time we hear some of our songs, I'm like, that sounds just like that like that yeah. and i'm like oh who I, knows 
Well, I mean, there, 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 there's, uh, you know, the difference between genius and, and, you know, theft is like, this is a small margin, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, it, who knows? But if it reminds you of something, then that's good. I mean, there's like, uh, there's a whole market out there of people who write what they're called soundalikes. Like, write me a song that sounds yeah. like that. And people do that, and they end up doing... Well, that's what I always say they're like, like starting out or whatever, like so-and-so. And they're like, yeah, that's what we're going for. I'm like, well, if you sound just like someone else is already popular, you're already too because <laughs> they're your competition. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. Well, <laughs> yeah, we did um, my old band. I had a band and we, we, we put some records out and the one label in Japan would always say, give us covers. And we would always choose the shittiest, weirdest covers ever that had absolutely nobody would know about. They're like, who is this? And you're like, what are you talking about? This is a cover you want to cover. It's our favorite band or something, or it's a B-side off of some record. And you're like, that's yeah. a cover. There you go. <laughs> well, that's what I always say. The best covers are the ones nobody knows, because then they just think they're your song. That's true. You, you raise Ooh. a good point. So uh, just the other day, I, I always thought Wild in the Streets was a Circle Jerk song. <laughs> and country guy, I heard it. I was like, "Who's covering the Circle Jerks?" And then I found out it was his too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. So your label, how long have you had your label going now? Twenty years. Wow, since '97. Man, and you got into it in like the worst possible time to open a record label. Like '97 yeah. and 2003 is the death of of, of records. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like. Every industry I've been involved in and record industry just collapsed all, all the same time. And I was like, this is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What am I going to do now? <laughs> so how many, uh, how many bands and records did you put out over oh, the yeah. past 20 years? Did you catch that? I think I'm at my 52nd release. Still hear us? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can hear us. Okay, yeah, better. I think our new record is the 52nd release. 52. Wow. 52. 52. That's one of that's that's some that's some good, you know. <laughs> I always I always was like impressed with people that put out records. There's a friend of mine, Zach, who owned duct tape records and he put records out and he he was going to college at the same time. And, you know, he was going to school, yeah. you know, he did all the, you know, all that stuff himself and helped us out. And I always find that cool because you're actually, you're just, you're a fan of whatever music and you're a fan of, and you want to find a way to actually sort of tap into what's called the music industry. And, uh, it's a big risk and a lot of money can get lost. Oh yeah. I've lost, like I had one band, I think I invested about twelve thousand dollars in and then they broke up as soon as the album came out and i was like you gotta be kidding me mm -hmm. and then i got a closet full of their records that i'm never going to get rid of yeah my friend dustin up at uh, in sault ste marie with title records has the same problem you know and he had a model where he wanted to start putting up bands of young kids and i'm like you are making what's that dustin jones dustin jones Rising yeah good guys yeah yeah, I recorded all the early uh, inner city surfer stuff. I was I was there recording. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I like those guys. Yeah, yeah. But Mikey was in the Fairmounts. Is in the Fairmounts. He is the Fairmounts actually. 
the drummer from the Inner City Surfers was the singer from the Fairmounts. Yeah, it's a small music world. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's you true. Run into everyone you knew twenty years ago and just another band or. Mm-hmm. Well, let's play another song. I'm gonna play this song. It's called "The Canby Handshake." There's got to be a story behind that somehow. The thing I like about the guitars is that you're actually you're you're digging in and you can hear it and they're not over distorted and that that's a that's a hard thing to 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 balance because if it's not too distorted then it doesn't sound distorted enough you know what I mean that's always a balance yeah and like he had all these amps in the studio and we just found that we used this Seldano amp on both the last two records and it's kind of just become like our staple guitar sound mm. yeah. and it's it's strange, but like that amp just sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's layering. And they're not over distorted. And I think that's a Saldano trademark, but you can distort the fuck out of those amps if you want to. Oh, yeah. 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 Like it's, yeah. A, it's a clean, but it's heavy. Mm. It's like chunky. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are playing some shows and you're touring around and you're doing weekend tours. And that's the best way to do them because you can be home Monday. Mm hmm. And uh, I'll put all, I'll play, <laughs> you play. I always thought like when I used to do tours, I'm like, I can't wait to get home to my own bathroom. It used to be my like the part I missed the most. You know, like, do you miss your wife and your kids? No, I miss the bathroom. Actually, I really do I miss uh, the bathroom. <laughs> tired of porta potties. Tired of <laughs> shitty bad bathrooms. You know, and. Did you guys ever do the load in and go, I'm going to go to the bathroom, but you'd always go to the ladies? Do you think it's cleaner? But they're both equally as, as dirty. Uh, no, no. But that was always, yeah. 
I always thought it was that was you the start way looking for the staff bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Open that one's a little better. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you go to Europe, there's some places in Italy that ha- literally have a hole in the ground and you just shit in the f- shit in a hole. And uh do you know uh Oh, I'm going to tell the story now because Phil Page, you know what Phil Page is? He was in Down Below's and he's also in the Fairmounts. But I, I took him to Europe with me to uh, play in my band Foursquare and uh, he had to shit really bad. He had the shits and he was in Italy and, and he ended up trying to shit in the hole, but he shit all over the wall. And then oh. so someone's coming in trying to get into the thing. He's like, uno momento. <laughs> trying to clean the shit off the wall. There you go, Phil Page. I just sold Phil Page out. But yeah. um, <laughs> where you go, Phil? There you go. Um, What's up? <laughs> so yeah, playing some shows. Uh, got a record out. Is it out yet, or did it? Is it coming out? When is it? I should have read up. It was, it's just out. It's been out for a week. Yeah. And uh, do you like the? We just found out. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. We just found out we were eighty-three on the. Uh, iTunes charts in Germany. Wow. That's Ooh. cool. Well, that's I tell you, man. You gotta if you're gonna go away for more than a week, go to Europe. You will not regret it. It is it's like another world. It's like you've someone beamed you up in a rocket ship and flew you to another universe and put you down and said, This is how we do shows and this is how we treat musicians. You'll you will it will change your life. You'll never play in Canada again. Ever. <laughs> Yep, I know it's. I I even find that just playing in the states, it's like a whole different world. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I, when I go to the states and I, I go to shows, is I don't know. Canada seems to have this mentality. Once you get past a certain age, you can't go to see a show anymore. Yeah, it's like, which I don't understand. I go to the states and see a show, and it's like they brought the whole family. Yeah. And everyone's having a good time, and I'm like, I never see that here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's it's just a total different content, I, and I imagine that's different depending on where you are in the states and everything else too. It's such a big country, so. Yeah. But yeah, it's I don't know. Every time I go there, I have a good time, and I'm like, what? Why the fuck doesn't anyone do this shit at home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's also something about being Canadian in America, and Americans kind of they. They appreciate a little bit, maybe about the fact that you have made that effort to cross the border because crossing the border sucks and it's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like we used to go down to Chicago and play all the time years ago. And all we did was pull up to the border with a sheet of paper with our, you know, serial numbers stamped on the Canadian side, handed the guy the border and you go, go ahead. No mm-hmm. one asked anything. No. Now it's like, I got to hire a lawyer to freaking yeah. Two years in advance to get over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the what's the thing to get a work paper to go to America? It's something like you need a certain amount of shows. They need to be yeah. in a certain period of time. And if you don't, if you can't meet that, then you know, I I don't know. See, thing I haven't played in America. We did once. We went to Chicago, but we lied. Same thing. We said we're going to see a hockey game, and we played one show on everybody else's gear. It was fun as hell, but scary. You know. Yeah. Thinking that you might never ever be able to go to America if you screw this up, that they yeah, can exactly. ban you for life. That's what I keep telling. Like last time we snuck over, you know, a bunch of us went in different cars and whatever. Just said we were going over for pizza and wings, and we borrowed a bunch of gear. And some of the guys brought some stuff, and I'm like, 
man, if you guys get caught, like, you realize you're not getting over the border for like five years. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And I'm like, oh, is it worth it? I'm like, I just like to go over, you know, watch a hockey game or something, you know? <laughs> or actually get some pizza and beer or wings and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm going tomorrow. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I want, I, you know, I want to wish you guys luck. I, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. And I, I, I think I, I, I like the fact that you kind of remembered this Jerry's Alley show that Jerry's out. <laughs> was it Jerry's Alley? Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you, where'd you play? in chicago oh it was this weird little place and um i can't remember but it was very west it was west end and it was this weird little bar that was split into two i can't remember the name of the place it was a few years ago now yeah we played the fireside bowl oh i've done a few shows there uh red yeah yeah, red fisher did the first week it was a punk rock club and the guy's dad had just died and willed him the bowling alley so yeah yeah yeah, that place is awesome. I think I did a few S and a few shows there, and I did. I when we played there, we opened up for Braid, and it was like the ever know if you're this band called Braid, but they're kind of turned into a band called Hey Mercedes, sort of like a pop punk emo kind of band. But we played one of their first shows with them when I was in Red Fisher. That place is awesome. Yeah, we were on the Vindictives label down there, so we were on VML at the time. Uh, I just remember being there with like the guys from Screeching Weasel and yeah. just, I can't even remember who we played with, but I was like, just insane. And like, we're playing and people are running into the bowling pins. And I'm like, I don't even know what's going on in yeah. here. It's crazy. And <laughs> yeah. some guy just like shot outside <laughs> the bowling alley. Like, we, we, uh, we, used to, around we used to stay at, <laughs> we used to stay at Jug House's, Jughead's house. We used to stay at his apartment. Um, nice. and, uh, that's how we, we met Ben a few times just from like going to a bar, but, uh, yeah, that was the, that was the nineties. I, I remember watching, um, Woodstock was on live and it was the one with that green day was playing and there's the Jug, and yeah, all the mud and green day's playing and Jughead's watching it live. And he's like, got his arms crossed, standing up, look at the TV, like shaking his head a little bit. I'm like, what do you think of that? He goes, I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> Yeah, we used to stay with the guys from Hi-Fi and the Road Burners there. Mm-hmm. They used to live like in this, I think they probably still do. They had this big loft thing underneath the streets of Chicago. And it was like a, they made these makeshift rooms and it was like half a motorbike shop and they had pool tables and parties. And it was scary as fuck. They had bats over the doors <laughs> waiting for fights. We yeah, used to uh, we played a few shows with a band called Los Crudos, which they were like a Southside, like um, a Latino hardcore political hardcore band, like super crazy. Like they would go to Mexico and play and actually yeah. have their lives threatened, getting fights, and and they liked us. And we're just this shitty power pop band from Winnipeg, and they liked us. They <laughs> thought it was so cool. I mean, and we played. They had a song called Assassino, and it's like Assassino, Assassino, Assassino. And it was like the craziest thing ever. And then we'd play our little happy pop songs. It was just a, and we played at an anarchist bookshop kind of thing. Like that was that was my Chicago experience. And you get out and you got your hat on. The guys like take your fucking hat off, like right now. And I'm like, why? Because because you're gonna get shot at because you're wearing it the wrong way. Yeah. Was that? I remember. I find the road burns. He passed away. 
Eric from High Fun, he crashed his motorbike and died. ran like one whole section of Chicago. That guy, it was it was weird. Came that when they were playing years ago, I could say something about me, and he dragged these guys outside and had them on their knees begging for their lives. And I'm just like, this guy's a lunatic. <laughs> but that's Chicago for you there. What's happening over there? Chicago's apparently things are burning. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's all good. Is, is there a truck backing up? Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, good luck with the record. And if you ever play Toronto, let me know, and we'll come and hang out. <laughs> yeah. The beer orders. Tour bus. That's our tour bus. Oh, you're cutting out. We're up there on uh, September 30th. September 30th. We're playing. Uh, you are playing Cherry Cola Rock and Rollers. And and that's September when? September 30th, Saturday night. It's kind of a later show. I don't think it starts till like 11. But mm-hmm. um, uh, we're playing with the uh, world famous Tall Boys, which is a Toronto band I'm not particularly familiar with, but it's their album release too that night. And we're bringing the uh, letdowns with us as well, which is um, three of the guys from the Wet Spots, one of the guys from the Problem Children, and uh, Chris from Slander. A bunch of old guys. Yeah, guys I used to. I was young. That's fun. <laughs> no, that's gonna be a fun show. Yeah, they're doing a bunch of the shows with us, so I'm looking forward to it because I haven't seen those guys in ages, and they're the guys that I used to look up to when I was young, and now they're opening for us. Just. <laughs> Wasn't there a band? Whatever. Wasn't there a band called Dirty Bird from St. Catharines, or is they from I, Hamilton? I think they were from Toronto. Toronto, okay. I think one of the guys in the band might have been from here, though, or his girlfriend was, or I don't know. But thought it was a funny name for a band. Yeah, they were always they were all over the place. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, hey, um, yeah, have fun with the record. Um, putting out a record's awesome because it still means we can kind of still do shit like this, and that's uh, that's good. I'm, I'm, I, I like your record. Actually, yeah, it's been nice to just be back. Just even just, I don't get to talk or see anybody. It's kind of funny that the same people I'm doing all the interviews with are the same people I did interviews with, you know, five ten years ago. And it's nice to just touch base with everybody again and see what they're up to too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, cool, man. Um, nice talking to you. I uh, wish you luck, and uh, let's... Uh, yeah, come on the 30th. We'll hang out. Yeah, man. Cool. It's a Saturday night. It's party time. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Steve Stumble and Eric Hutt of the band The Lucky Ones. Also of Stumble Records. Check their shows out uh, September 16th at the Warehouse in St. Catharines, September 30th at Cherry Cola's, at October 7th at This Ain't Hollywood in Hamilton, October 14th at the Fox Lounge, October 21st at Jimmy Jazz, and December 2nd at Burley Calling. So, Burley Calling. Oh, yeah, it's the festival thing that Ben does. Ben Rispin. He's been on the show before. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for checking out Amazon by going to appalog.ca slash Amazon. And thank you also to Bose All Natural Brewery for the beer and the support. And we're going to keep doing that for a while, hopefully. And as soon as they call me back, get it, Bose, call me back. 
yeah, that's all I can say. Sorry it took me a little longer to get out today. I uh, It's now Monday, and I'm just doing all this now. So at least it's fresh, you know. It's, you know at least I'm trying to get this, you know, keep it current. Uh, anybody want to buy some MacBooks? I got some MacBooks for sale. You can c- contact me through Facebook. I have three MacBooks. One... Two of them need batteries. They all need power supplies. Uh, one screen doesn't work. So one's in parts. Two work. Okay? Good. All right. That's it. <laughs> See you next week, okay? I don't know who's going to be next week, but there will be somebody. I promise. I promise. Okay. Maybe I'll tell... Maybe I'll get somebody on and we'll tell my Lady Gaga story. Okay. See you next week. Bye.